What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the You know what? (laughs) It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard on pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer. To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Ladies and gentlemen from Northeast Ohio and beyond, you're listening to the Best Sports Talk Show. There is, was, and ever will be live from the University of Akron. This is a special Mother's Day edition of Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Byrne, the host of the show today. As always, I'm joined by two analysts, but... I've never been joined by two analysts who are both making their SPT debuts. I know they're excited, which makes me excited, which likely makes you excited as well listening to the show. First, the newest rookie of WZIP Sports making his first appearance on the show. It's Jonathan Harsh. Hello, everybody. Really excited to be here in the throne and excited to talk about some sports with you guys. Yeah, man, it's great to have you on for the first time, Jonathan. And second, if you're a loyal SBT Overtime fan, then you've heard his voice. If you're a loyal wrestling fan, then you've heard his voice. And if you listen to WZIP from 12 to 2 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, then you've heard his voice. He is the one and only Mr. Logan Buchanan. Hi, everybody. I'm so honored to be sharing this booth with you both right now. Man. I have been looking forward to the show for quite some time, being on with you, Logan. We've been on podcasts together yeah. in the past, but the first time... We've been on air together on Polar Opposites in the past, but first time, SBT, feeling good about this one. We talked beforehand. We're all in goofy moods today. Let's be honest. This is going to be a fun show <laughs> for Sports oh, yeah. Power Talk today. You're going to want to listen to the entire show. And here's what you can expect from another stacked Sports Power Talk. We're saving the best for last, we'll discuss baseball with the biggest surprise of the season so far and how the Guardians can fix their offensive woes to end today's show. Before that, we'll answer all of your questions from our Twitter page at WZIP Sports in Hot Mike. That'll be included in our hour-long conversation on the NBA playoffs. A lot of hot takes being discussed in those two segments. But we kick off today's show with the NFL. Whether you hate or you love the NFL schedule release, it does provide some clarity going into next season and some pretty hysterical social media content. That's where we're going to start. And I'm not sure if we've ever done this, but we're starting with Around the Rue, where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. This question is a simple one, but we're probably going to talk about it longer than we have ever talked about an Around the Rue question before <laughs> because I'm so much, I just can't wait to talk about this and I'm looking forward to it so much. It is, 
who had the best NFL schedule release on social media. So four options. First one, the Los Angeles Chargers. The second one, the Tennessee Titans. The third one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then the fourth option is going to be other in case you enjoyed one that is not listed. And, of course, if you vote other, let us know in the comments why and who you're picking for other. So I'll throw it to you, Logan Buchanan, first here. You had the best NFL schedule release on social media. It's the Chargers. The Chargers, they had an anime-style video that had references not only to the NFL teams that they were facing, but to anime itself. And if you're an avid lover of anything like that, this is the greatest watch in my football-loving career. Do you have a favorite part from the Chargers video? Oh, I do. I mean, when I was growing up, one of my favorite shows as a kid was Teen Titans. So seeing Mm. Titans Tower in reference to the Titans as well as Cyborg... I, I just fell in love with it. But I know there's like... There's so, <laughs> there's many. so many good there's ones. There's so many good ones. I'll throw it over to Jonathan before I give my answer. Jonathan, do you believe, do you agree with Buchanan here that the Chargers are indeed the best social media team in the NFL with the schedule release? Or are you going with a different team? Uh, no, I have to disagree with you, Logan. Whoa. Ooh, surprising. I, I believe it's the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Wow. That's and so let me tell you why. So when I, I, this is the first one I viewed. But like... Like, I just love how the Tennessee Titans media team went out to Nashville and, like, interviewed, like, non-NFL fans. And, like, just, I I just like that they did that. And, like, at the very end, they, they all um, came together and all said the Tennessee Titans logo but couldn't recognize any other of the logos. And after each logo, after the first thing they said... They would play the NFL Fox theme song, and I just loved that. And they would have they show the team logo, and then the thing what they said above it, and I, I just loved it. And personally, I think it applies to like the most audiences. Like I believe the Chargers only focuses on certain audiences that are like fans of anime, and like the Jaguars. Honestly, with that one, I think it was just too long. Honestly, like I think it just dragged on, and it could they could have cut it shorter. That so that's just my belief. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. So my biggest gripe on the Tennessee Titans one is that I've seen it before. Because it's a trend on social media. You see boyfriends ask their girlfriends. They'll show them the NFL logos and say, name the logo. And when that first started, I found it enjoyable. But then it kind of got overdone. The Titans one was the best of the best. It's the best I've ever seen of the trend that's going on on TikTok. But... I've seen it before. So to me, it was a little bit underplayed. They did it on Broadway. It was great. I think they had to have planted the Tennessee Titans at the end, though. When everybody said the Tennessee Titans, if they didn't recognize everybody else, come on. That had to be planted. But still, it was incredibly (laughs) clever, incredibly fun. It it was a great video. I can't diss the Titans on that one. Do you guys have a favorite, like, part from the Tennessee Titans video? Because they... They bashed on a lot of teams. Yeah. Do you guys, does one of them ring a bell um, to you guys? I got to go with the Steelers because they said the 49ers, 69ers, <laughs> and the Stars. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But as a Browns fan, it's great to see um, them not being able to recognize the Steelers logo, but like coming up with three different names that are not nearly close to their name. 
The 49ers, <laughs> saying that's the Steelers, like, the 49ers logo is the easiest to recognize in the NFL because yeah. it has the 49ers <laughs> in the actual logo itself. Buchanan, anything that rung a bell to No, I was going to bring up the 49ers oh, as well man. because it is just so obviously mm, yeah. the okay. 49ers. So I have a couple here. The, they called the Browns just the football logo. Yep, yep. I mean, that was pretty good. The Buccaneers were the Pirates from the Islands of the Caribbean. That one was good. The Jaguars was the best, though. The Jaguars, though, they played them twice. They got Chester Cheeto. Yes. And they got actually does not exist. (laughs) (laughs) So good there. And then the Seahawks, they were named the Eagles dot 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 from Pittsburgh. That one was great as well. Logan, I thought you liked the Jaguars one, too. Not uh, not better than the Chargers, but you enjoyed it. Uh, So the Jaguars one, I, I really like the idea of um, there actually being writers and seeing uh, all the player interactions with it and Mm. the fake history of being actors uh, before even becoming football players. And then at the end, you had uh, uh, Taylor Lawrence coming in and basically firing everybody because he made a better (laughs) script. I thought it was funny. It It was a little long, though. Yeah, that's my only gripe against it is that it was very long. I don't know if I laughed at any part of the video, but I was entertained throughout. So I do give the Jaguars props, but my answer for around the rue is the LA Chargers, man. Yeah, you be. can't you can't oh, go any man. other yeah. way. There's so so many good parts of this LA Chargers anime video, and I'm not a big anime guy. I don't like watching anime, so all of those jokes and those Easter eggs right over my head. But all the NFL jokes and those Easter eggs mm-hmm. made oh. this video so so good. There was a Zach Wilson Jets joke. <laughs> We're not going to elaborate on what that joke was here on the air. Yeah. But if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Go check it out. Very hysterical there. But the one thing that I brought to your attention, Logan Buchanan, yes. before the show was with the Las Vegas Raiders. Because their head coach, Josh McDaniels, was playing slots. And the slip came out and it had a QR code on mm-hmm. it. What happened when you clicked on the QR code so, on your phone? So I scanned the QR code, and it sent me to either be a... Uh, it was a Chargers was fan a Chargers link, or and Raiders. then a Raiders. Yes. It said Raiders fans click here, Chargers yes. fans click here. And I clicked the Raiders, and it sent me to a Google search on how to get a job. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the oh, attention Lord. to detail in this video... <laughs> And having a workable QR code yes. in it, that one was great. Also, Justin Fields and Build-A-Bear for the Bears matchup in Week 8. <laughs> the Lions gambling addiction, that one was uh, the first watch through. That one got me the most. And you, you got to bring up the Chiefs reference. Yes. So <laughs> I didn't understand this upon first couple watches. Then I looked more into it. Uh, so apparently the Chiefs have a super fan who dresses in a wolf costume. He had an ankle monitor after robbing a bank for X amount of dollars. I'm not sure what the amount is. He's out for like a million dollar bond, something like this. And he cuts off his ankle monitor and he's on the run. This happened back in March. So the first time the Chargers play the Chiefs in this anime video, it shows the wolf costume breaking his ankle monitor the second time they play them in the season it shows the wolf in a car driving away from the police and he's being chased by pat mcfee and was it aj i don't know who the other figure was but i know it was pat mcfee in the helicopter <laughs> trying to chase down this chief super fan wolf who apparently robs the banks and 
He is known for his his Chiefs super fandom. So you gotta love yeah. football, man. You gotta love it. <laughs> awesome. That's the thing with the schedule release. I think the schedule release is so overhyped because we know so many of the matchups mm-hmm. before Thursday night at eight PM when they officially get released. Mm-hmm. But I forgot about these content drops on social media. This makes it worth it. Yeah. Every single year now, I'm going to be hyped for the NFL schedule release just to go on Twitter, to go to the Chargers page, to go to all these other pages. Like That's what I'm going to be looking forward to for future NFL releases. Now. Like, oh, everybody's just trying to catch them. Like The Titans did a good job, but they're still not matching the Chargers energy on social media when it comes to, I mean, everything really. The Chargers social media team is great, but... Those anime videos that started with it last year, continuing continuing it this year, it is great. But that'll do it for our, our Around the Rue conversation on Sports Power Talk. That tweet is live at WZIP Sports. Let us know who had the best NFL schedule release on social media, Chargers, Titans, Jaguars, or other. And regardless of who you vote for, leave us a comment why you think that video was the best. Of course, be polite on social media about it. But let us know why you enjoyed that social media video more than the others. We move on, though. We're going to continue talking about the NFL schedule release, though, because the season opens up with Chiefs-Lions on Thursday night football. I feel like in the standard for the NFL schedule is the first game of the regular season is a rematch of the Super Bowl. This year, we get the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Detroit Lions on Thursday night football. A lot of fans are upset about this. NFL's vice president of broadcast planning said that the Lions earned the spotlight after winning eight of their final 10 games in 2022. Regardless of that, though, I mean, are we still are we still upset that the first game we watch next year is going to feature the Detroit Lions guys? Uh, no, no, I do not believe so. I'm, I'm really excited that the Detroit Lions are getting their respect and going to be in the first game of the season. Uh, I think it's, like, something different. I like that they mix it up and, like, went with the team that was hot last year. Like, I respect that that's not Chiefs-Eagles right away. So, like, later in the season you want to tune in, and it's going to be on Monday at football. So, But I I love the Lions. I, I want to see them succeed. I feel bad for their fan base. They need some hope. And after last season they got a lot of that. And I think uh, going to uh, Kansas City and playing the Chiefs in the first game of the season is a really exciting opportunity for them. And I, I knew the Chiefs were going to be in like the first game of the season. It was pretty obvious. But like having the Lions in there, I respect the NFL, uh, whoever did the schedule, um, putting the Lions in there. And I think they've earned it. That's interesting. I feel like you're the first person with that opinion that I've talked to. But I respect it. I do respect it. I don't like that the first game that I watch in 2023 is going to be a Detroit Lions game. But I've got some good analysis there from Jonathan. Logan, do you agree with him, or are you upset that the Lions got featured in the first game of the year? I'm not I'm not upset. I mean, I just was kind of hoping for a bigger matchup or a more interesting one just because, I mean, this isn't really anything spe- special to me. Chiefs-Lions, I, there's definitely more matchups. I don't even know if this is going to be the first even matchup I'm going to watch because it is really? I think oh, it's okay. such a gimme kind of a, a matchup personally hey, yeah. you never know you never know. Hey, you never know it could be <laughs> I, I don't know I feel like the Lions are kind of becoming America's team right now no don't say that I think oh, they America's are America's okay. team so <laughs> America's team I hate that th- there's a stigma around the Cowboys that they're America's team. They always will be. I mean, yeah. the Browns were America's team when Baker M- Mayfield showed some hope, and the Browns were 
kind of that underdog years of sadness and misery at their stadium, and now they're going for Super Bowls, really. With those type of teams that have a history of losing, and now they're vaulted up into contendership, like, those are the teams that qualify for America's team. I feel like last year at the end of the year, I mentioned the Lions won eight of their last ten games. They kind of became America's team in that cycle they might continue that this year. Am I wrong here, guys? Is are the Lions not America's team? Uh, honestly, I I, can, I see your point because like after the Lions beat the Packers last year, eliminating them from the playoffs, like everyone was so high on them and everyone was so excited for them. I've never seen like so many people from so many fan bases like rooting for one team and like rooting against another. So I, I think the Lions and plus they always play annually on Thanksgiving. I think that's something to do with the like America's team. So honestly, uh would love to see them become that America's team. Uh, Cause the Dallas Cowboys, they're one of the most hated teams <laughs> yeah. in football and probably one of the most hated in all sports. So yeah, I would love to see the Lions uh transition into becoming that kind of team. Yeah, that they are, man. And that's a good point, too, on the Thanksgiving games. And I feel like the Lions, Browns, Browns to a lesser extent now because of the Deshaun Watson trade. But even the Bills, too. History of losing. The Bills, obviously, big contenders in the AFC with Josh Allen and company. Mm. Those are truly America's teams right now. We'll leave that there, though. Before we get into the Cleveland Browns schedule release wrestling video, I'm excited to talk to Logan Buchanan about that. <laughs> Our signature wrestling fan up here at WZIP Sports. We have to talk about a blockbuster trade that the Cleveland Browns made to acquire Zadarius Smith from the Minnesota Vikings. So the three-time Pro Bowl pass rusher, he will become a free agent next March, but the trade details, Cleveland, they get Zadarius Smith, a 2025 sixth-round pick and a 2025 seventh-round pick. And what they send back to Minnesota, (laughs) only a 2024 fifth-round pick and a 2025 fifth-round pick. Andrew Barry doing what he does best fleecing teams from trades and getting a guy like Zadarius Smith to bolster our defense, bolster our defensive line. Guys, I love this trade. I can't wait to get your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because everyone I've talked to has said this trade is mediocre or doesn't mean anything. Oh, it was and everyone. Wow. Yeah. Everyone I've talked oh to, gosh. which is mostly my family. Sorry, family. But <laughs> I think you're wrong because I am so excited to see if he has chemistry and hopefully when he has chemistry with uh, guys like Miles Garrett and just seeing what those two can do to really stretch um, like just what we like because our defense I feel like is so strong right now and you bring someone like um, Zadarius Smith who had last year 10 sacks and 15 TFLs that is we need that we need that for sure and so I, I'm excited. I think it's huge, especially it's a steal because we didn't give anyone up. Even if he's only going to be with us until March and then he's free agent, maybe we sign him back. This is huge. This is huge for the Browns. Yeah, and just giving up those two fifth-round picks, I mean, huge. We didn't really have to give up anything. And then Zedaria Smith, he's going to love this season because mm-hmm. usually he's mm-hmm. the number one guy. Oh, yeah. Miles Garrett's the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Don't get that twisted, sure. Cleveland. Yeah. But Zadarius Smith being the number two guy, I think he's better than Jadavion Clowney was the past two, three years for the Browns. Zadarius Smith is going to be a trouble for, is going to be an issue for other opposing offenses. Jonathan, what do you think of this Zadarius Smith trade? Yeah, uh, definitely an improve from uh, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, I love bringing a veteran presence, a star of uh, that star power into the locker room. Uh, we definitely needed that on our defense. 
And teaming up with Miles Garrett, that's one of the most accomplished uh, pass rushing duos in the NFL, I believe. And I mean, with Green Bay, he combined for 26 sacks in consecutive Pro Bowl seasons for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he had 10 sacks last year for the Vikings. Definitely a lot of star power there. Definitely improves our defense a lot. I believe this um, puts us in top 10 in terms of like defensive talent for sure. Um, that it just all depends like how it goes on the field, like putting that talent together. And yeah, I, I just love this trade for the Browns. I think they got to steal. The other thing I'm not seeing a lot of people talking about is. Smith has played in the AFC North before because he was on the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So oh, he has yeah. experience okay. with these types of teams. Mm. So I'm excited. I'm real excited. Yeah, he knows the AFC North brand of football that is so reputable around the league. Zedaria Smith, he's one of five players to have 10-plus sacks in three of the last four seasons. If anything, it gives us much-needed depth at the position for a season. And we had to give away pretty much nothing for mm-hmm. it. It gives our new defensive oh, yeah. coordinator, Jim Schwartz, something to work with. And that's huge. Jim Schwartz is known for developing defensive linemen and especially young defensive linemen, which is great. But now he has that veteran presence in Zedaria Smith, who's going to be a workhorse, who's going to feast on opposing quarterbacks along with Miles Garrett. Mm. I just love this pickup. And you have to hope for good health this season if he goes down. That would be a big blow to the Browns. But again, you're not giving up a ton to mm-hmm. the Minnesota Vikings to yeah. acquire him. And if you're Zadaria Smith, you're enjoying this season because Miles Garrett is taking on the double teams. You're feasting on QBs. You might want to stay following <laughs> oh, next yeah. March when you become sure. a free agent. Yeah. So I think this is just an A-plus grade any way you look at it for the Cleveland Browns. A blockbuster trade going down on Friday night. That's for certain. Now for the wrestling video, Logan. Mm. I can't. I've been waiting to get your thoughts on this the entire time, and maybe some people on around the room are going to vote other and say the Browns were their favorite NFL schedule release on social media. But if you missed it, it was DPW, the Dog Pound Wrestling <laughs> with Brownie, the Elf, the Brown social media team compiled this video. Logan Buchanan, our wrestling fan up here at WZIP Sports, what'd you think? I I loved it. I mean it. It shines a light on... There was a lot of wrestling uh, ties in multiple different uh, release videos, but this one was obviously the most centric focus. You had uh, guys like The Miz on commentary, which I loved, a Clevelander diehard over there. But also just some of the references they made uh, to the teams and their mascots, as well as the moves used, I thought was pretty cool. Um, Compared to the other ones, though, I did think it could have been better. Uh, some of the references could have been better, uh, but I, I thought it was passable. It was definitely good. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. entertaining. You had Kevin from the office for the Bengals uh-huh. dropping the chili in the ring. That was clever. <laughs> Lucy the Pooh for the Bears in Week 15. I enjoyed Ed, Ed that. <laughs> Pat McAfee in Week 7. I think that was by far the yeah. best one. I don't know. I just feel like you see other teams, what they're doing with like the Titans and mm-hmm. especially the Chargers, how deep they're going with some of their opposing teams. I feel like the Browns could have done a little bit more to really nag at their opposing teams the next year. But it is what it is. I thought it was clever. You you mentioned it, Logan. A lot of wrestling innuendos, the cutter, the people's elbow, the curb stomp, all those things Mm -hmm. as a wrestling fan uh, were were very cool to watch on on Twitter when the Browns released their schedule for next season. But I want to talk Mm -hmm. about the biggest takeaways from the actual schedule or leave the actual NFL schedule release and the social media content, everything like that in the past. What was your guys' biggest takeaway from the schedule itself? Jonathan, I'll go to you first. All right, so 
Honestly, the biggest takeaway for me was they only have two primetime games. And I don't like that we have, like, a bye week so early as well. Uh, so, like, I mean, we have the two primetime games. I mean, we have one week two and then not till week 17. And that's on Thursday Night Football Prime Video. And honestly, I just feel like we could have, like, one or two more primetime games. Like, I feel like the Browns, like, they have earned it despite having a couple disappointing seasons. But, like, with the star power we've added, the draft the draft picks we made and the trades and the signings we made in free agency, I feel like they earned to have a couple more, like, primetime games, at least, like, Monday Night Football, another Thursday Night Football at least. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Browns are still in, like, the doghouse for the Deshaun Watson trade by the NFL, kind of punishing them, not giving those, them those yeah, primetime spots. Mm-hmm. I think that might have some legitimacy behind it. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they were going to have more than just two when you look at other teams who aren't as talented as the Browns yeah, getting three yeah. or four primetime games next season. I did think that was interesting. Logan, any thoughts on this Brown schedule? Instantly, when I saw the schedule, the first thing and the thing that's still on my mind is we need to be looking at the first four games. Because out of the first four games, three of them are against AFC North teams. Mm -hmm. So this is going to determine early on where we are compared to these guys. And that's something that we need to be looking at right away, uh, especially in the first two games against Bengals and Steelers. Yeah, you have the Bengals at home in week one. Then you go on the road Monday Night Football against Pittsburgh in week two. And then you go back back home to Cleveland to play the Baltimore Ravens in week four. Mm three huge matchups against divisional opponents mm-hmm. in the first four games. You guys pretty much mentioned everything that I had to say, too. The play, the divisional opponents in the mm-hmm. first four games, the bye week in week five. Yeah. I always thought it was mm-hmm. weird for teams yeah. to have an early bye week. Now, for the first time in a long time, it feels like the Browns have one. I've always seen teams with bye week five because I play fantasy football, you yeah. know. You see <laughs> that, that bye week five, you're like, that's an incredibly early bye yeah, week. Thankfully, early. the Browns don't have that. Now, this year, mm. the Browns do have a bye week in week five. I also think week seven through 13 are going to be huge for this team. Oh, yeah. Week seven mm. through 13, five of the seven games in that stretch are on the road. That's going to be huge. That's going to be a very deciding stretch Mm -hmm. for the season. It puts a lot of pressure on the Browns to perform early, to get off to a good start in the season, knowing that the middle chunk of the season, you're not going to be playing at Cleveland Brown Stadium very often. I Mm -hmm. think that bye week in the week five is really going to be determined on how the last four matches went. Uh, in the last four weeks went because if we're riding high on majority wins and we have that bye week, that could hurt us. That could hurt us because we're we're going away. It might uh, give us a little rust going into week six, but if we're on a losing streak and we have that week five, it might be a nice breather to kind Mm -hmm. of readjust and realign kind of our game plans going forward. Yeah, and it's nice to see the 49ers in week six after the bye week Mm -hmm. too. I mean, the 49ers, Mm -hmm. the NFC is wide open. Any team oh, could yeah. win the NFC. Yeah. yeah. Although the Eagles are probably favored because they won it last year. The 49ers mm-hmm. are right there as well. You would love to see that matchup after a, after a bye week with a talented team like the 49ers. That's going to do it for our first segment, though. Don't be concerned, though. When we come back from break, we're going to break down the entire Cleveland Browns 2023 schedule. Go game by game. Predict every single game. Let you know where they're going to place in the AFC North next season. Then we'll transition, talk about the NBA playoffs and the Eastern Conference. A lot of hot takes coming in that 
conversation as well. Don't go anywhere. You're tuning in to Sports Power Talk, a special edition Mother's Day Sports Power Talk here on 88.1 WZIP. Welcome back to the Best Sports Talk Show. This side of Lake Erie, you're tuning in to Sports Power Talk on 88.1 WZIP. My name is Jake Murn, the host of your show today. And today, I'm joined by Jonathan Arsh. Hello, everybody. Say the beer, talk some NBA playoffs with you. Yeah, of course. And Mr. Logan Buchanan. Hello, hello. Both the guys making your SPT debuts today. One segment down. Can I get a vibe check out of you guys? How are we feeling? I'm vibing. Oh, I'm happy, man. Great to be here. <laughs> One segment down in your guys' SBT careers. A ton of to go, that's for certain. We left off in our first segment with the Cleveland Browns schedule release, and we're going to get into their actual schedule breakdown before we get into the NBA playoffs. So let's get it started as the Browns will get it started next season in 2023. Week one, taking on the Bengals at home at Cleveland Browns Stadium is this a win? Is this a loss? What do you guys think? Uh, man, uh, I'm going to go with the win. Here. Wait, no, no. I'm going to go with the loss, actually. I think we split with the Bengals. And I think, I mean, we've had our success with the Bengals at home uh, over the recent years. But I just feel like the Bengals are going to come out more stronger than the Browns. I feel like we're going to have some rust and, like, build that chemistry like with the, a bunch of new guys in the starting lineup with us. So, yeah, I, I just see us taking L there in a close game. You couldn't be further from the truth. That's a big W for the Browns oh. to start out week one, start the season I going. So. Uh, I just think if we can isolate Burrow, Burrow's our biggest target for this game. And I think with a new accusation, accusation acquisition with Smith as well as Miles Garrett, I think we can lock down their offensive uh trends and just take them out first week yeah i agree with you logan i like a browns win in week one we play the Bengals really well we have for the past couple years even with baker mayfield i love the browns in week one there's going to be a lot of unpredictability in week one two with the browns like there's not gonna be a ton of footage on the browns for the Bengals to study and to game plan against in their week 18 matchup sure that's a different story that's also on the road but week one, at home, a full off season of Deshaun Watson, no distractions with Deshaun Watson anymore. I like the Browns to start the year 1-0. The question is, do they go 2-0 Monday Night Football against the Steelers on the road? What do you guys think? You know they go 2-0, baby. Another <laughs> W for the Browns. The energy out of Buchanan. You love to hear it. I think I, I'm, I'm just, I have high hopes for this season. And uh, with against the Steelers particularly, we have uh, Garrett being pitted up against some young rookies. And, I mean, the talent there is just going to really show. And it's the Steelers, so, of course, I want to see them lose. Yeah. <laughs> y- y- of course, nobody wants the Steelers to win. I mean, come on. Yeah. Jonathan, you have the Browns losing week one. Tell yeah. me they win week two. Yeah, I'm going with the Browns in week there two. It is. At Steelers, prime time game. I expect the stars to show out. Miles Garrett, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, all those guys, Mari Cooper. I expect those guys to show out and our defense to perform well. And I expect us to limit the Steelers uh, from scoring. Um, I see it being a low-scoring game, but I think the Browns come out on top. Um, but, yeah. Can't I mean I gotta choose the Browns here. 
Yeah. And a prime time game against the Steelers. <laughs> no way I'm choosing Steelers here. I agree with you guys. I have the Browns going 2-0 and with wins over the Bengals and Steelers. I also have the Browns going 3-0 and with Whoa. another win over the Whoa. Titans okay. at home wow. in Week 3. Do you guys agree with me? Uh, yeah, I do agree with you. I think the Tennessee Titans are a young team. They're they're going to be developing. Uh, they they got a lot of roster changes, and I just things are not going well for them. I feel like I mean they got a great coach in Mike Rabel, but I just believe the Browns are a stronger team. Uh, home game in September should be nice weather. I believe the Browns come up on top here. I as well have the Browns going 3-0. and I think, uh, like you said, Titans kind of a young team. I think the Browns really need to focus on just bullying the offense, causing fumbles, causing interceptions, just getting in their faces. We have the experience. We have the manpower. Interesting, yeah. I like them in week three as well. Like I said, week four, though, against the Ravens, this is where the hype train stops for me, Logan. I'm not sure if it does for you. But I have the Browns going 3-1 and one with their first loss of the season coming at home against the Baltimore Ravens. You have a smirk on your face. Do you have them beating the Ravens in Week 4? I'm not that dumb. Okay. I may be a Browns <laughs> fan, but I'm not that dumb. I think the Ravens are just going to be uh, really strong, especially in their mm-hmm. defense. I think yeah. our offense is really going to have to make a huge adjustment, especially after a game against the Titans, where I don't think our offense is going to be challenged too, too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh We'd really need to. We'd really need to have a mir- not even a miracle game, but just a lucky game to get past yeah, the Ravens true. this early on in the season. Yeah, I have the Browns uh, taking L here as well. I just think the flashy Lamar Jackson, new addition Odell Beckham. I mean, I would love to see the Browns beat uh, the Ravens, especially now that Odell's on the team. <laughs> but I mean, it's whatever. Oh, Odell I mean, hater. I feel like the Browns are going to lose in a heartbreaking loss here. I think uh, Justin Tucker, it's a game-winning field goal for the Ravens. So I think it's going to be a really close game, but I do see the Browns taking L here. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Like I mentioned, also a special programming note, Guardians and Angels just started. They're underway from Progressive Field in Game 3 of that three-game series. We'll keep you updated throughout the show. Pretty interesting storyline, by the way. Tanner Bybee for the Guardians pitching today. Patrick Sandoval pitching for the Angels. They were high school teammates, so we'll keep an eye on that. It's the top of the first inning with one out for Tanner Bybee. He's pitching against Shohei Otani, getting a lot of experience for those young guys in the Guardians starting rotation. So we'll keep you updated throughout today's show. Don't you worry about that for the Cleveland Guardians. Let's speed through the rest of these Browns picks, though. Week six, I have a loss to the 49ers. What do you guys think? I also have a loss. I mean, we're coming off of a bye week, and it's against the 49ers. That is a really tough situation for the Browns, although I am really interested in it because if the Browns could sneak away with the win, they're Super Bowl contenders right away. Like, they are in that in that league of you need to pay attention to them. Mm, all right. Uh, well, I have an L as well here. Uh, I just think the 49ers are too strong. Great coaching, great defense, improved offense. I I just expect an L here. Kyle Shanahan's probably the best coach in the league, in my opinion. And the 49ers, they they've been so consistent making the playoffs every year. I really expect the the Browns to take an L here. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think the bye week is going to be good here, getting some more preparation for this game. But the 49ers, they have one of the best playmakers in the league on offense with Christian McCaffrey, and their defense is one of the best in the league as well. I think that's going to be a loss at home to San Fran. Let's go week 7 through 9. Colts, Seahawks, Cardinals. I have a win, a loss, a win. So the only loss in that three-game stretch to the Seahawks. That's just a tough place to play. What do you guys think? Break it down quickly. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I think I, I have a win, loss, and a win. Uh, I just think the Seahawks, yeah, it's very tough to play there. And I think the Co- um, the Colts, I mean, the guy Anthony Richardson, a very young QB, I think the defense uh, really succeeds in that game. We dominate. Uh, Seahawks, I think we lose in a close one. Uh, Geno Smith and all that uh, great wide receiver core that they have. I think they dominate uh, against us, unfortunately. And the Arizona Cardinals rebuilding. Kyler Murray might stop not be playing. So, I mean, I think we take a win there at home. Yeah, I also have a win-loss win. I mean, the Colts and the Cardinals should be gimme matches. Uh, and the Browns and Seahawks, I would say Browns over Seahawks, but we are going over to the West in their home, and that is always just a hard match to face. So I think the really, the really important match out of those three would be the Cardinals match coming off of a Seahawks loss to really get that win. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys there. Weeks 10 through 12, we'll go three game stretches here from here on out. Ravens, Steelers, Broncos. I hate to say it, but I have three L's here oh, for the Browns. Oh, wow. Three losses okay. in a row. Their roughest stretch of the year, in my opinion. Buchanan, what do you think? Uh, I actually have two wins and a loss. I think this is where we uh, get a win back on the Ravens. Hopefully learning from our first game. The Steelers, I don't think this young talent is going to be able to defend against uh, uh or offend against us because we're on defense when the scenario I'm talking about. Unless they really lock in, it should be a Browns win. And then Broncos are just going to be really hard to beat this year. They have a strong offense. And I just don't think the Browns are really ready for that right now. All right, weeks 10 through 12. Jonathan. Um, I have a, a W um, and two L's after that. Um, I think we um, – I have a splitting – like all against all the divisional opponents, so I believe we get a win with Baltimore on the road uh, in a shocking upset, and then the Steelers. I just don't think we just never seem to like sweep the Steelers in regular season. <laughs> so I, I just think it, it'd be a different uh, win a road game in Pittsburgh and then lose at home, and then Broncos very tough place to play. I believe I think Russell Wilson is going to be more electric this year. They got a great defense over there. I think they'll be a really tough matchup for the Browns. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Russell Wilson is all that at this point in his career, but with Sean Payton, I do think the Broncos' ceiling is certainly higher this year than it was last year. That's why I'm also predicting a loss in Week 12 on the road. Week 13 against the the Rams, Week 14 against the Jaguars, Week 15 against the Bears. Give me your guys' predictions. Yeah, I got another win-loss win. I think uh, the Browns and Rams and Browns and Bears should be uh, pretty light wins and the Jaguars, it's a hard one because I honestly am on the boat that this is Trevor Lawrence's breakout year, and he's really going to show out. Unless he doesn't, then we might have a chance. But if Trevor Lawrence is playing like how he's slated to, I don't think our defense is going to be as prepared as some of the other matchups that we have. Okay, uh, I have an L and then two Ws after that. Uh, I, I was losing to the Rams. I think it's going to be tough like transitioning from playing in Denver to Los Angeles. And that tough crowd in L.A. And I think Matthew Stafford is going to have an improved season. I think Aaron Donald has a has a feast against us, unfortunately. And I think, I don't know, I, I just expect us not to win that game. And then the Jaguars, I, I'm, I'm not with the hype on Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. So I, I believe the Browns can get a W there in a close one. And then the Bears, uh, as much as I love uh, Justin Fields, I do believe that the Browns are the much stronger team here and they will get the dub against the uh, Bears. So I think the Browns blow out the Rams on the road in Week 13. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. an easy win for the Browns. <laughs> mm-hmm. Week 14, though, I believe in Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. 
And every single year, it seems like the Browns welcome in a team from a warm area into a cold stadium in December, this game being played on uh, December 10th, and the Browns lose that game. Last year, wow. it was against okay, the Saints. Yeah, the Saints yeah. in a dome yeah. team, they came here, played in one of the coldest games in Cleveland Browns' home history. That's crazy. And they lost. <laughs> Can't believe that. Week 14 against the Jaguars, I think that's that game. I think that's going to be a loss at home. But then, I have the Browns finishing on a four-game win streak. I think they beat the Bears, wow. the Texans, Ooh, the Jets, okay. and the yeah. Bengals. Okay. I'm jumping a little ahead of myself, but what do you guys think? That is that's shocking. I I have wow. um week 16, week 17 the Browns taking dubs, uh, mainly because of the matchups. Their defense I don't think is strong enough to defend against our offense, but I actually have us losing against the Bengals. I think the Bengals have shown that they're able to look at a matchup early on in the season and prepare for it really well later on. And I think that's where it is here. So we do, unfortunately, end on a loss for the Browns. Okay. Um, I got a W against the uh, Houston Texans. I think that's an easy win for us. Uh, Deshaun Watson going back to Houston. I think he has a great game there. Um, against the Jets on prime time, I unfortunately have them uh, losing. Mm-hmm. I think the Jets are just uh, too improved. I think by then Aaron Rodgers will be like really uh, thriving in that offensive system there. And uh, against the Bengals, I have them winning at Cincinnati because I think the Cincinnati might be resting their starters for the last week of the season, depending on how the season goes, of course. But I just think the Browns are going to have more to play for at this point in the last game of the season. So I have them taking a win there. Yeah, that's a good point, too, that I didn't really consider. So final record predictions. I know we kind of went game by game there. I have the Browns going 10-7. and Wow. Mm, Okay. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think ten seven nine eight is where like I'm mm. in between. I I think that would be uh, if we finish at that record, I think that would be a successful season. Just having a, a winning percentage of five hundred or above <laughs> would be uh, great for us. I think mm. and great going in the next season. I just but hopefully we make the playoffs. That would be great. So my, I, know, I think the expectations are a lot higher than that. But Logan, no, what do you think? I've, I've, uh, the way I've looked, yeah. it's it's they're looking at nine being like our cap. Well, sure. I think mm. most people are predicting anywhere from like eight and nine as our mm-hmm. floor and eleven six as our ceiling. Oh, I don't even but see I think, that as a ceiling. I think this is a very disappointing season if we don't make the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's a disappointing mm. season if okay. we lose in the That's first fair. game of the playoffs. Mm. I think the Browns wow. right now, mm. like we have the talent to where we could be a Super Bowl team, like you mentioned with a win over the 49ers yeah. like you talked about, Logan. Mm. I think that's kind of the expectation out of the Browns this year. What's your record prediction? Uh, I have eleven and six. I did. I was a little more hopeful this year mm-hmm. uh, than you mm-hmm. two, but I actually had some stats. The last time we were eleven was in twenty twenty, and the last time we were even at ten was in two thousand seven. Oh wow! <laughs> so <laughs> how do we feel about that? Of sadness, guys. <laughs> yeah. My goal, oh, my goal for the Browns this year. Of course, I want them to make the playoffs, win a game or two. You know. The Browns haven't had a better regular season record than the Steelers since... Give me a guess. What year? What year do you guys think the Browns <laughs> had a better regular season record? I was going to say 2001. Yeah, probably, yeah. You guys are going 2001. So I believe in 2001 or, they tied oh. the Steelers. with I believe so. Mm, okay. 1989 oh was the last gosh, time the Browns man, had a better so regular bad. season oh, record oh, than the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's, that's my that's hope for so the season awful. is to break Yikes. that record. That yeah. That's my goal. Yeah, and with that wild, very dude. depressing <laughs> stat, we'll leave the Browns there. We'll move Yo. on and talk about the NBA playoffs that are 
going crazy right oh, now, yeah. and we unfortunately have awesome. to talk about the Heat and the Knicks series that ended with a game at six win for the Miami Heat. They won ninety six to ninety two. I think both teams were just. Very tired, very sluggish in this one. Yeah. Neither team really shot the ball exceptionally well. What did you guys think from this Game 6 and really this this Heat Series win as a total? So uh, the, the biggest thing that I took away is the Knicks had the Heat for the majority of the first half, but the Knicks cannot maintain a lead. They can't. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Heat were able to consistently play the whole all four quarters and spread their lead farther from the Knicks. Uh, Their chemistry and their basketball IQ, talking about the Heat, I think is better than the Knicks, uh, which, I mean, it led to some pretty good passes and some actual steals, which I thought was really cool. Obviously, the Heat are a little bit known for their steals, uh, but it did lead to a final victory for this series. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And honestly, I mean... Jalen Brunson carried the Knicks oh, in this game. 41 points. You can't ask for anything it's more. You can't. Yeah, no. And I mean, the Heat, they played a better team effort. They played as a uh, complete unit. I mean, the Heat had 25 assists in this game, and the Knicks only had 15, mm-hmm. or, uh, 13. And Jimmy Butler, Bam on a bio, that great duo that they have. Jimmy uh, had 24, Bam on a bio had 23. And you got uh, great crop contributions from mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry. What a and, six, man. Yeah. Just, Dude, he's awesome. Yeah. Well, before I give my thoughts on this Heat Knicks series, guys, we have breaking news out of the NBA. NBA, actually, I usually don't get breaking news on my sports Whoa. power talk, so I'm a little excited. Okay. But it's not okay. a huge storyline, at least pertaining to our sports teams. But breaking out of the NBA, the Grizzlies do suspend John Morant. Morant yeah. suspended from all team activities pending league review after he alle- he allegedly flashed a gun on Instagram Live. So the Grizzlies suspend mm-hmm. Ja Morant. Any quick thoughts and reactions from this breaking news? Yeah, yeah I get, I'm not really surprised yeah. by the I, suspension. It, it was coming. I think they were just yeah. hopeful that they might have made the finals, and so they yeah, were holding true, out for, for sure. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm really disappointed in Ja and the Grizzlies this season. Yeah, me too. I'm not I just really like big fan of They're them, the heels of the M- of the NBA are. now. It's like yeah. I feel like they used to be so rootable for <laughs> like mm-hmm. for sure. The first time they made the play in, I was like, Go Grizzlies, yep. John Morant is a mm-hmm. superstar. Yep, I love yep. watching this guy play. And now they just have this ego Trust about me. them. They're sore winners, they're sore losers. I and- was Yeah. I was the biggest supporter of Josh should have been drafted over Zion. I'm still a little bit, but he's just mm-hmm. disappointed me this season. Yeah. yeah, and with a guy with that much talent at the young age that he is, mm-hmm. you hope he can get on the right path, but suspended from all Grizzlies activities yep. after that stunt on social media. Or is it just... I feel like it's probably indefinitely right now, gotcha. but mm-hmm. again, I don't want to speculate too much. Mm-hmm. We'll see what really happens out of there. And not only how does that affect the Grizzlies, but like how does this affect the career trajectory of John Moran? Yeah. Like. It's, it's really gonna. It's gonna be determined by if he comes back, what he does, what he changes. Right, and he was the NBA's most improved player last year, I believe. Too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's gonna be interesting, and it's certainly an interesting story to follow this offseason with John Morant. Mm-hmm. Back to the Heat Knicks, though. Do you guys think the Heat actually have a chance to make the NBA Finals, like one mystery evil Logan Cogrove suspects? Uh, I mean, I think they do have a chance at the NBA Finals. It's just a small chance, in my opinion. They're a well-coached team. They got a great balance, a uh, team balance, I believe. But I just think the Celtics, 76ers, are much stronger teams. 
uh, more talent, more superstar power. And even if Jimmy Butler goes off, I just think the Celtics and 76ers like have more to offer in that series. See, that's the thing. You mentioned all of the points that prove my point. They have great <laughs> coaching. They have the yeah. chemistry. And yeah. the, the more important thing is they're playing as a team. Whereas I'm looking at mm-hmm. some of the okay. other teams in the playoffs, and you have two or three, maybe four guys who are going out there and actually performing, and then lackluster rest of the team. Whereas the Heat yeah, are yeah. using their chemistry and their passion, determination to, as the eighth seed, win two series that no one thought they were going to win. I don't know if it's the culture, mm-hmm. like Logan says, or if it's the underdog nature that they all feel right now, but they're proving everyone wrong. I just don't see an eighth seed just making the finals. I, the Heat have came a long way. It's just, I just think the Celtics defensively the talent like guys like Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White, Robin Willie, Robert Williams, Al Horford, guys have contributed a little more than like some of the Heat guys have. I mean you guys you guys got like Kyle Lowry and Max Strus, Gary Vince, um, Vincent, but I just think the Celtics are a little more stronger on team depth. And even with the I don't think coaching is as much as a concern. I think Jason Tatum like has that like revenge that he wants to perform and I think he's gonna like go off in the conference finals and yeah I'm with the Celtics all the way today by the way in case you, mm. you guys didn't know but yeah that's just my take on that I think the Celt I got the Celtics going to the finals so I'm just really uh, high on them as a team yeah we'll talk about that game seven matchup today between the Celtics and 76ers here in a moment but I think the real Eastern Conference Finals is happening right now. It's happening right now between the Celtics and mm-hmm. the 76ers. Yeah. Regardless, and this does show that I do have some respect for the Heat. I think the Eastern Conference Finals series goes at least six games, whether it's Heat Celtics or Heat 76ers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see that I respect the Heat enough to give them at least two games in that Eastern Conference Finals series, but I think the real two strongest teams in the Eastern Conference that are alive right now are the teams playing each other today in a Game 7 matchup. Yeah. It's yeah. the Celtics and 76ers. Let's talk about that series. And Game 6, I want to talk about this just briefly here because Game 6 was a very entertaining game, a very oddball game because the Boston Celtics won 95-86 to on the road in a must-win game. They outscored the 76ers 24-13 to in the fourth quarter to win the game. But how I want to spin this conversation, and I want to go to you first, Logan, is did Jason Tatum save his legacy in this game? Because prior to the fourth quarter, he had three points and was one for 13 shooting. An abysmal performance, one of his worst performances of his career, yet alone in the playoffs. In the fourth quarter, 16 points, four for eight shooting, did Jason Tatum save his legacy? All right, you mentioned it earlier. This is probably my hottest take currently in basketball. And I'm sorry, because you just mentioned how oh, you're rooting Celtics. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Tatum did not save his legacy because Jason Tatum doesn't have a legacy. Oh, what has he done? Wow. He's a Jeez, four-time okay. All-Star, sure, three-time All-NBA, yeah. and won a conference final MVP. But that mm, doesn't mean awesome. anything. He hasn't done anything in six years. Six years. He made the NBA Finals last year, though. Oh, he made the NBA Finals, and he <laughs> lost. He lost. Everyone brings up, oh, if LeBron, if LeBron loses in the Finals, his legacy's tainted. 
Jason can't even win a finals. And here's the thing is he's so overhyped, overvalued, oh, and overrated God. because he's propped up as this superstar when he cannot perform like one because he doesn't have the accolades to back him up in six years. Six. When do we call it a flop? So are you against uh, the Marcus Anderson baby Kobe? Yes, <laughs> I am. That he uses? You know, a few years uh, ago, I would have said he had potential to be one. You know, he may even still have potential, but yeah, until he yeah. shows it, you can perform all you want in these games. Doesn't mean anything until you, you actually do stuff. I think he will show, honestly. I expect him to show out in this Game 7 and go to the Conference Finals and go to the Finals all the way. But I, I just think, yeah, I think he has a legacy. I mean, he's only 25 years old. I think he's still got a lot of time left, even through six seasons. I mean, he, he did score 16 points in the fourth quarter to win that game for Boston. And that, that was a game where he needed to perform and he gave his all. And I think... And, I mean, the 76ers, I mean, Joel Embiid and James Harden were nowhere to be found in that fourth quarter while Jason Tatum was the one who actually stepped up and actually performed in that fourth quarter. And I think that, like, shows the kind of superstar that he is. I think, too, if you're the 76ers, how do you not win that game? In game six, at home, the game, it was played in Philadelphia. They forced 18 Celtic turnovers and... Tatum had his worst playoff performance of his career heading into the fourth quarter. How do you not win that game? You know how they didn't. You know how they didn't win. Defense. Because if you watch the game, how many times were the Celtics able to just rush the lane and get an easy layup? And you know, you you'll say, "Well, Logan, sometimes they they had defense, yeah, and they left the perimeters wide open. Easy three buckets yeah, from easy Smart. Defense from the- they, they they need to stop focusing." on double teams or, you know, only focusing on one type of shot. You need to spread your defense. You need to be watching every single angle because teams like the Celtics, teams like even the Heat, they're going to take advantage of you. Yeah. The 76ers, mm-hmm. they only shot 23.5% from three-point range in that game as well. They just did not show up at home mm-hmm. in a game six that they could have won to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Today, game seven at 3.30 between these two teams. What do you guys think who's going to win? Oh, Celtics all the way, for sure. I think Jason Tatum goes off for, like, 30-plus at least. Uh, I, I just expect a, a route by the Celtics. I think they're going to win by 20. 20? Wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I, I, I believe in them. Celtics are great in Game 7s. They've won their past three Game 7s, and Doc Rivers has historically been not good, like, in se- a series <laughs> clinching games. He's 6-9 in Game 7s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I believe I'm going Celtics all the way. I think they dominate. I I can't agree with that. I have oh, to go Sixers. Yeah. I really yes. do, just because I I think it was a fluke win. I really think it was a fluke win. Mm. I'm afraid because when a person named Logan talks on these airwaves really strongly, really really adamantly <laughs> about a game oh, seven wow. performance, yes. that that Logan is usually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we knew we know this last year when Logan thought Logan Congrove I'm speaking of right now thought that Jimmy Butler was going to go off in game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals last year against the Celtics that that just did not happen right I really hope history doesn't And now <laughs> Logan Buchanan on this Sunday is talking about how Jason Tatum is not going to have his greatest game for the Celtics oh, oh, and man. I can't help yeah. but to think that he's going to go off for like 30 plus 
Oh, yeah. it, but would, I agree, it would happen. But I do, I'm scared because I agree with you, yeah. Logan. I agree with you. I think the 76ers are going to win this game. They won game five on the road. They shot over 50% from the field in that game. They have to establish Joel Embiid's presence down low early and often and then get those complimentary scores going as well. Tyrese Maxey, he's been great this series. James Harden, get him going as well. Yeah, can we talk about how Joel Embiid had zero touches in the last few minutes? Yeah, it's unbelievable. That, yeah. Your biggest player not getting any touches. Ridiculous. The MVP of the league. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's going to be a very entertaining Game 7 today, I hope. That Buchanan writes the wrongs of the Logan predictions here for Game 7s of the NBA. We're going to head to our second break of today's show. When we come back, we're going to transition to the Western Conference side of the NBA playoffs. And, of course, get to your favorite segment. It's Hot Mike NBA. Conversations will end. We'll get into Hot Mike. Twitter page at WZIP Sports. All that and more still to come. everyone and welcome back to the best sports talk show there is was and ever will be this is sports power talk live from the university of akron my name is jake murren the host of your show today and today i'm joined by two newbies on spt first it's jonathan harsh hello everybody welcome i'm so happy to be there be here and i'm really excited and thrilled to talk about some more sports with you guys yeah of course and second Mr. Logan Buchanan. Hey, we're in the second hour, and I'm feeling hype. Yes, one hour down, one hour to go. A quick update on the Cleveland Guardians game. As I said, we are going to update you with this odd start time of 11.35. The Guardians are up. They'll play from ahead in today's game three against the L.A. Angels. We're up 1-0. Josh Naylor scored on a throwing error from a Will Brennan. Uh, looks like it was a grounder to the shortstop, Zach Nito. And the Guardians are up 1-0. Josh Naylor, I mean, That's what just, still, just still being yeah. the goat that he is. And, of course, no <laughs> runs scored in the first inning, which is good news for Jake and his wallet. Very, very good news there. But... We left last segment talking about the Eastern Conference playoffs, the Eastern Conference finals. Now it's time to give some respect to the Western Conference playoffs and the Western Conference finals. Logan, you're not happy. And I don't know how many people listening know this, but you are a Golden State Warriors fan. Oh, I am. Wow. I am. A lifelong Golden State Warriors fan. It did not go very well. Game no. six, Lakers won 122-101. to your Warriors never even led in the game. Nope. A vintage LeBron James performance. 30 yes. points, 9 assists, 9 <laughs> rebounds. They were lights out, man. What happened? I, you know, we played this like it was a normal game. Like it was a normal season game. Didn't have anything on the line. Instead of it being a possible elimination from a playoffs against a strong Lakers team. Especially with D'Lo, AD, LeBron, Reeves, and multiple other guys just knocking down shots, finding their teammates, playing smart, and just having their way with the Warriors. It was real. It was... I, I had to shut it off. I really did. It was bad. Yeah, the Lakers, they shot 52% from the field, 50% from three-point range. Steph Curry had a great game, 32 points, five assists, six rebounds, but the thing that mm -hmm. shocked me the most when looking at the box score, 
The only other warrior to score in double digits was Dante DiVincenzo, <laughs> yeah. DiVincenzo. Yeah. off yeah. the bench. DiVincenzo oh is such a little monster, and we need respect on his name. I've always respected him. I love yeah. DiVincenzo. Since his days at Villanova, I believe, yep. right? I've yeah. always liked his game. But to see guys like Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, not mm-hmm. to score in double yeah. digits in a must-win game in game six on the road? Are you kidding? It's the only word I can use is disappointing. It really yeah, is. It, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, w- I was shocked by that performance out of the Lakers. So I asked this question to you guys about the Heat. If the Heat had a chance in the Eastern Conference Finals, now with the West, do the Lakers have a chance in the Western Conference Finals? A little bit different here because we know who they're going to play. They're mm-hmm. going to play the Denver Nuggets. Do the Lakers have a chance here? Yeah, they have a great chance. Um, I honestly have the Nuggets uh, beating the Lakers, but... I do think the Lakers have shown a lot of great uh, team effort, and LeBron has uh, performed like he normally does in the playoffs. Anthony Davis, he's been improved. He had 20 rebounds as well in that game six, which was huge for them. And guys like Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Lonnie Walker, they've all stepped up, Ruri Hachimura, and... I'm very very excited for this Lakers team, but I mean honestly, I just think Jokic and the Nuggets have like a better like team chemistry, like more time together. Uh, I think they're better coached, honestly, and so I, I think the Nuggets are stronger. But yeah, I, I think the Lakers have a good chance for sure. I I, I agree 100. percent I mean, if the Lakers can stay healthy, that's my biggest fear going into this series is health and making mm-hmm. sure we're resting when we need to, not doing bad shots, just slowing down, not getting too high in the bright lights, which I don't think they will because, uh, like you mentioned, all of those guys have really stepped up. The Lakers are playing like a team and not like LeBron, AD, and the rest of the Lakers, which is what they have been the past couple of years. And I think this team with D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, uh, you you mentioned uh, some other names, they have one of the better chances in the West to take down the Nuggets right now. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be such a good series. You can't oh, really yeah. count out a team that has LeBron James yeah. on it, right? No, so you no, can't. No. Yeah. <laughs> a team with LeBron James has a chance against any team in the NBA, especially in a seven-game setting. Mm-hmm. These two teams, they split the regular season series 2-2 mm-hmm. with all, with the home team winning each contest. I do favor the Nuggets right now on this yeah. Sunday, but the Lakers, mm-hmm. they can definitely give – them a run for their money in the West. Absolutely. And Logan, you were talking about this series and how important this was for the West, but also the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. Who, if, if the Lakers beat the Nuggets, if the Nuggets beat the Lakers, what do you think? Whoever beats the Nuggets, whether it's the Lakers, the Heat, the Sixers, the Celtics, they win the championship. If Lakers beat the Nuggets right now, I do not see an Eastern team beating them. Because the Nuggets yeah, are fair. the team to beat. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. And to your point, if the Lakers do beat the Nuggets, you know, you would crown them the champion. But if the Lakers do beat the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, you would have to think that momentum and, heading into the NBA Finals yeah, against whoever represents yeah. the East, whether it be the 76ers, Celtics, or Heat, especially if it's the Heat, come on. Mm-hmm. They're going to win the NBA Finals. My only fear with it, and I don't think it's going to happen because it is this team in particular, is if they beat the Nuggets, they may be riding a high and underestimate who they face. I yeah, don't think that's the case, it. though, because of LeBron and AD mm-hmm. and uh, Russell all being, you know, they've been in this position before. They know what to do. They know how to stay calm. They know how to keep that mentality of job's not done. Get the yeah. job done. 
Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting series between the Nuggets and the Lakers. And I agree with you, Logan. I really do think the Nuggets are the team to beat in the NBA playoffs. I think the NBA playoffs MVP right now, Logan Congrove, don't listen. It's Jimmy Butler. But the NBA, the best team (laughs) playing right now in the NBA playoffs is absolutely the Denver Mm -hmm. Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. I just think they're the team to beat. <laughs> Nikola Jokic is playing out of his mind. The team, it's incredibly deep. And anyone on that team can put up 20 points a game. Yeah, That's another it's thing is Jokic so has. It's not just Jokic no. and the Nuggets. It no. is the Nuggets. No. We're not yeah. just saying Jokic is, uh, you know, the biggest fear. We're saying the Nuggets are, which is a testimony because the playoffs are team-based. You need a yes, good team sure. to win, and that's why the Heat are doing so well. Yeah, yeah, and that's why the Lakers kind of got past mm-hmm. the Warriors as well because it wasn't just LeBron James. Yep. Anthony Davis stepped up. Austin Reeves, who I feel like is like America's player right oh, now. <laughs> Everyone loves Austin. Austin Reeves <laughs> is playing out of his mind LeBron, too. LeBron, LeBron always has himself a saucy yeah. white boy. Yeah. He always has. <laughs> D'Lo is playing well as well as you mentioned. All of these things are going to create a very interesting Western Conference Finals, and the Nuggets—they're going to be incredibly difficult to beat at home. They're six and zero at home mm, this postseason, yeah. thirty-four and seven at home in the regular oh, season, mm-hmm. and they have home—you you, know—they have the home Quarter, field advantage yeah. in this series against the Lakers. We'll see what happens. Game one Tuesday night. I want to talk about the team that the Nuggets beat to make the Western <laughs> Conference Finals, though they beat the Suns. That game six, by the way, the Nuggets won 125 to 100 on the road. Just completely embarrassing the Suns mm-hmm. to send the Suns packing. Mm-hmm. What I want to ask you guys, though, is can the current Suns team win a title in the future? Moving forward with what they currently have in Phoenix, and of course, Monty Williams was fired last night. He won two NBA Coach of the Year awards in four seasons with the Suns, including a trip to the NBA Finals in 2021. Maybe that influences your opinion on this, but do the Nuggets actually have a chance to win a title in the future? No, I do not believe the Suns have the depth uh, to win a title right now. I think their bench is just too weak, and they need better guys surrounding uh, KD and Devin Booker. I think they need to move on from Chris Paul, honestly. And even DeAndre Ayton seems like he's had like problems there with uh, the staff and the players there. And, I mean, just in, in this game six, I mean, Cameron Payne was the only bright spot in this game, and I think he's one of, like, like, he's their best bench player, and I think he should be, like, on the team as well. I think he's a good contributor. But, yeah, his current Suns team, I do not think could win a title. million percent agree. You can have the super team of Booker, CP3, and Durant. But beyond that, what are you doing? That'll win you regular season games. Yeah. That'll win you uh, a little bit of credibility. But the second you're in a playoff setting... You are not going to perform as you are slated to. And we've seen that with Durant before, and I'm so sick of his hype as well. Not a, I'm not oh, a Durant fan. Wow. Really not a Durant fan. <laughs> but I also hate to see Monty being fired without even getting an off-season chance with Durant yeah, to agree. help him yeah. meld in. This Suns team is not winning a title unless they make serious changes mm-hmm. to the the front office, to the bench. They need to get some players and just revamp the lower and have have Booker, uh, Chris Paul, and Durant like coach these guys. They're supposed to be these old heads to show yeah, them what to do, sure. and it seems like all they're doing is 
oh, we're going to carry the team. And you can't do that in a playoff setting. Look at their match against mm-hmm. the Nuggets. Five people, including Jamal Murray, Jokic, on the Nuggets, ended with double-digit points. Five. Yeah, complete that team is, effort. That is a team effort, whereas yeah. the the Suns just don't have a team right now. They really don't. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have the head coach either. No. And that's yeah. huge. I think Monty Williams and firing him last night was a huge mistake. For sure. If you're the yeah. Phoenix Suns. Absolutely. And I was fully prepared to come up here and say, yes, they they still can contend for a, a title as close as next year because their championship window is open right now. Mm-hmm. They were aggressive last year at the trade deadline. I expect them to be aggressive this offseason, next trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I think their championship window is open right now, but... They're doing things right now that are not reminiscent of a championship-winning team. Mm, nope. Yeah. They're firing a head coach who is a two-time NBA Coach of the Year in the past four seasons. Oh, with got you to an NBA Finals with the Phoenix Suns. You're mm-hmm. firing that guy. I can't believe that. You're making him the space goat. You're making. You're putting all the blame on a guy like Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. And you're keeping Devin Booker. Kevin Durant, sure, those guys are great, but behind them, I agree with you guys. Who do they have? Chris Paul, I'm not even sure if he's going to be a son next year. Right. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton, there are trade rumors mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. He wants to stay in Phoenix, but they're trying to trade him for a number one pick. Yep. And it's then sad. What, you have Cameron Payne and Landry yeah. Shamit. Yeah, it's those are really the only two sad. guys. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's even sadder because remember a few years ago when everyone was rambling about the Suns. The Suns are coming back. Yeah, it's the Suns. Yeah. Look at Booker. Look at CP3. Who cares? Well, that was me this yeah, year. I yeah. I predicted a Suns 76ers finals matchup. Wow. Yeah, I was high in the Suns too. It's a way better mm. finals predictions than Kings Heat, by the way. Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I was very bullish on the. On the Suns, I really thought they were going to make a run. Of course, I knew that series against the Nuggets would be a tough matchup. It's going to be a tough matchup mm-hmm. for the Lakers, yeah. too, in the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals. But I really had faith that they would get it done. And they showed glimpses of it. In games three and four, they won at home. But then to lose every game on the road in that series and then lose the deciding game in game six on the road. And now you're firing your head coach mm-hmm. and trading your third best player. And you might not even keep CP3. What are you doing? What are you doing in yeah, Phoenix, man? This is going to be a very long off season for Phoenix Suns fans, that's for sure. But guys, things are very crystal clear in the NBA. Aside from today's Game 7 matchup between the Celtics and the 76ers, we talked about that. We talked about who we think is going to win that game. But now it's time to predict the NBA Finals matchup and the winner. Of course, my pick out the window. 76ers are still alive, but the Suns no longer there. What do we think? What's going to be the matchup, and who's who do you favor to win? Uh, so, I got the Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets. Um, and I'm actually going with the Denver Nuggets here. And I think they do it in uh, seven games. I think Jokic, I mean, he makes the game look really easy. And, I mean, just the team surrounding him. Guys, they, they fit in really well with this team. I just think, like, with the fit... The chemistry, the coaching they have, guys like Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter, a lot of depths on that team, a lot of great guys that contribute that I believe in, that I think can do well in the spotlight. And I just see them outworking the Celtics in the finals. I think Jason Tatum has a great series, and I think he elevates himself in his name, but I just don't think it'll be enough against this Nuggets team. 
Yeah, I mean, originally going into the playoffs, I had my finals prediction as Denver Nuggets and uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Mm, Obviously, okay. Bucks got eliminated, <laughs> sadly. Mm. Uh, but Nuggets still in it. Uh, I, I'm hoping it's Denver Nuggets versus Sixers. I wouldn't be surprised if it was... I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it was the Heat. By the way they've been playing, oh, the Heat <laughs> could make the finals. Oh, yeah. They do not win it, though. I honestly okay. don't see anyone beating this Nuggets team because mm-hmm. they are so locked in, so ready for this win, oh, yeah. so ready yeah. for the recognition. The only way I could see them losing is lights are too bright or injuries, mm, but yeah. otherwise they're locked in. Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I have the Nuggets and 76ers as my finals matchup. I could see the Celtics in there, but right now I'm going Denver and Philly. My initial prediction, like I said, was Suns 76ers, and I feel like I have to stay true to my prediction, so I'm taking the 76ers to win it Wow. Joel Embiid is going to have to play out of his mind. I realize that, but I would love to see the showdown between MVPs and Jokic and Embiid. Logan, I know we're we're suckers for storytelling, man. What a story that would be (laughs) in the NBA playoffs. Then it comes down to who has the better team around them, and I do favor the Nuggets slightly here, but Tyrese Maxey, he's been insane this postseason, and James Harden can score 30 in any given game. That's true. Mm. And the 76ers have shown an ability to win on the road in the playoffs this year in as hard of an environment to play in as Boston in this series right now against the Celtics. So, and again, everything I'm saying right now could disappear in seven hours if they lose to the Celtics. It really could. (laughs) And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it would if that were to happen. Mm. I'm changing to the Nuggets, okay? (laughs) I am. (laughs) But if it is 76ers, if the 76ers win today, I think they take care of the Heat, no problem in six games, and then against the Nuggets... I really do like them against the Nuggets. I just have to stay true to my guns here and pick the 76ers against the Nuggets. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mm. that's I don't know. The, the Nuggets team is too strong. They yeah, really are. I believe so too. And I don't even I don't even know what to pre- predict like how many m- games they have. I could see it going game I don't see a sweep necessarily. Mm, I could see yeah. a Game five, game six, game seven. It, it could be any of those, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." I would love to see a game seven. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's just so my goal. More basketball is always good basketball. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think right now, like this is one of the more entertaining ends to an NBA playoffs that, at least recent history, like that there is right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cavs Warriors that was iconic, but past that, I think this might be one of the more entertaining ends to the NBA playoffs. I think the Raptors winning, them getting over yeah, the hump, being the nice. Warriors that was good. Yeah, but I mean the Bucks to a certain extent as well. But the Warriors winning last year to the wider audience, Logan, I don't think meant a lot. Listen, buddy, <laughs> I don't think that meant a Warriors lot. But here with like <laughs> new contenders in the finals, I would love to see the Nuggets seventy sixers. Oh, yeah. I would love to see the Nuggets Celtics. Anything but Nuggets Heat and. We're not even mentioning the Lakers here, too. What if the Lakers get it done against the Nuggets and we get to see LeBron James in the finals? Come on. Here's something we didn't mention. If if the Lakers make it or if the Heat make it or if both make it, no one can say anything about the bubble. It's not a fluke anymore. No one can say anything about the Mickey ring. Nothing. If, If one of those teams or if both of them make it, they cannot have that finals 
be treated the way it has been the last few years. Right, I completely agree. And for storytellers like us, Logan, think think about Boston, L.A. I don't Lakers. Care. I, don't, I don't want Tatum in the finals. Well, <laughs> sure, but Lakers Celtics <laughs> finals, dude. The history of that rivalry sure. in the yeah, finals. Be, I mean, be cool it'd be cool. Line. There are so many potential good matchups. Just please. Oh, yeah. Don't let it be Miami, because if it's Miami, there's no good story to be told. Oh, here. there's a great story, and it's Logan on SPT. Uh, it's that, Logan Condor on SPT. Oh, the four-letter network has got to cut some sound from WZIP to use from Logan Congro to oh, promote that man. NBA Finals series, because nobody's going to watch the NBA Finals <laughs> if the Miami Heat are in it. <laughs> That's for sure, okay? Oh, uh, You're ridiculous. <laughs> I'm the ridiculous yes. one. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Without further ado, though, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the best segment of every single Sports Power Talk. It is your segment. It is time for Hot Mike. Let's get right to the questions. We start off with Aaliyah Craig. Of course, it is Mother's Day. And she asks, in honor of Mother's Day, what is your favorite memory or tradition with your mom? Uh, so my favorite memory, it, it takes me back a few years. We went to Disney World uh, when I was in like fifth grade, and it was around oh, Halloween, wow. and they always do a Halloween parade. And me and my mom actually didn't watch the parade. We went and rode all the rides because all the rides were still open, and there were no lines. So I got to ride like Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride with no lines, instantly accessed. It was great. It was wonderful. Oh, that's great. Um, so for me, I would say um, when me and my mom, I took her out to the restaurant that I worked at, and like I got her whatever she wanted and I got her flowers and all that and I just think that was like a touching moment and like giving her a card and those flowers and like seeing her reaction like so thrilled and excited I just think like I cherish those memories with family like giving out the cards and flowers and stuff like that with my mom so it's hard to choose this one but like if I had to I would go with that one yeah for sure guys those are both great memories that you guys have I feel like I don't know my mom is just so responsible for the person I am today mm-hmm. like the gender roles, I guess, in my family, and I might be leaking a little bit too much information here, but <laughs> whatever. Like, the gender roles in my family aren't your stereotypical gender roles. Sure. Like, it's my mm-hmm. mom who are, who's the big sports fan. Mm-hmm. My oh, mom really? loves dogs. Oh. Like, I love dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm the big sports fan. I'm here at WZIP talking sports on the radio yep. right now. I'm in commercial radio stations for sports radio. So, like, a lot of my personality and the person I am and I'm happy that person that I am is based on my mom, and I couldn't be more grateful for her and what she's done and what awesome. she's meant for to me in my life. And, of course, we do wish a very happy Mother's Day to all the amazing mothers oh, out yeah. there. Mother's and yeah. everybody just Daughters celebrate them on their special day. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know? So great question there from Ali. We move on to Jake Mernigot. Your guys' first hot mic, by the way, Jake Mernigot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What's your reaction, Jonathan? Boost my ego a little bit. John, Jonathan... <laughs> Jake Myrna Goat on Twitter. He exists. I have a fan on Twitter. What do you think of that? Yeah, uh, I've heard about this, like, uh, <laughs> listening through, like, other, like, um, times during Sports Power talk, like, in my car. And it's, like, always funny because, like, I've always heard you guys, like, have conversations about it. And, I mean, I, I, this is just good for you. It's, <laughs> that's funny. And I also heard he, like, hates on uh, Logan, mm-hmm. the other Logan, which is hilarious. But, yeah, it's cool that you have a super fan. <laughs> And all that. Yeah. He is <laughs> he is something special. You guys see his new uh, profile yes, picture? Yes, I Rated saw it out of 10. Rated out of 10. It's a solid 8. Solid, solid 8. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I think there's better pictures of me, so I'll give it a no, 9. It's a great picture of you. I think it's a 9. 
but it's it's really close to How a ten. How long has this been going on? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't because the day he launched the account, like people up here at WZIP, we were running with our heads cut off, find, trying to fi- <laughs> really? find out what oh, was going wow. on. <laughs> you guys still don't know. No, we know. To this point, we do. Mm, okay. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get to his questions in hot <laughs> right, right here. Yeah. He asked, what did I do on my birthday? So, my birthday, Cinco de Mayo. It was May 5th. That's why I wasn't on last week. I had my birthday on Friday, graduation on Saturday. I am an alum of this university, by the way, the University of Akron. Does not feel real. I don't like it at all. It does not <laughs> feel like I'm an alum uh, whatsoever. But, yeah, I kind of had, like, a birthday celebration weekend coupled with my graduation type thing. Mm -hmm. So on Friday, Cinco de Mayo, I went out to a brewery. That was a fun time. Then on Saturday, I graduated. We had a UFC 288 watch party. That was too much fun. (laughs) And then on Sunday, I went to the Guardians game with my family, came home, played some Cornell, which I love doing, had some ice cream cake. It was a great time. So that was kind of my birthday weekend last weekend. Next question from Jake Mernigo. First player that comes to mind when I say Colorado Rockies. I'm going to go with uh, Todd Helton, you know, a career Rocky. He holds most of their franchise records, so it was just the first name that came to my mind. Honestly, for me, it's uh, Carlos Gonzalez. Not many people might know him. I think he's an underrated player, and I think he's a fan favorite uh, for the Colorado Rockies. And, like, uh, for Little League, I actually played on – that was, like, the first team I played on. They were called the Colorado Rockies. Oh. And at that time, Carlos Gonzalez was playing for them. So, like, I, like, paid attention to his stat line and stuff. And he's, like, my favorite player at the time for the Rockies. So I would I would go with him. I was on the Pirates in Li- Little League. <laughs> really? Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. See, when Jake Mernigot asked these questions, I was like, okay, first Rocky in my head, boom, that's my answer. Mm-hmm. I don't think back to, like – Okay, who's the most legendary Rocky or anything like that? I can just yeah. go Trevor Story with this one. I know he's a uh, okay. he's a Red Sox right now, but I I, I mean he's most known for his time with the Colorado sure. Rockies. Yeah. So yeah. I go with Trevor Story on that one. Next question, Jake Murdigo, thoughts on Rosenstrike versus Almeida? This was the UFC main event of UFC Fight Night Charlotte last night or last afternoon, I guess. Really, yesterday afternoon, Rosenstrike Almeida heavyweight clash here. I mean Almeida. He is a special talent in the UFC heavyweight division right now. Not many heavyweights go out there and have that grappling-focused game and then have the, the submission threat that Almeida has. He's very unique in that aspect. And he's been in five fights now in the UFC. Two strikes have landed on him. Two. Mm-hmm. That is wow. insane. Jeez. That is Hamzat Shemaev level type of stuff there. I think the sky is the limit for him. He's definitely going to be fighting for a title one day. I'm just worried about his chin because against these strong heavyweights, when he actually gets struck in the head with the strongest shot from a guy like Rosenstrike or those really elite guys at the heavyweight level, I am kind of concerned how he'll hold up then. But, I mean, yeah, his game right now in the UFC heavyweight division is is special, and he's primed for success in the UFC. Next question, thoughts on KSI's boxing win? Well, was it really a win? When you elbow a guy in boxing, is that really a win, Jake Murnigo? I, I would just like everyone to know that Jake went on like a five-minute rant before we went on air about this particular question. I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, I don't like KSI. I don't like what he's doing. Like, that's fair. Yeah. Jake Paul is the gold standard for influencer boxing. And I think he's kind of mm. transcended that category because now he's fighting a guy like Nathan Diaz on August 5th. 
and now you have KSI headlining misfit boxing cards with these guys who are weighing in at 400 pounds. I'm not weight shaming or anything, but I'm what I am shaming is their talent in boxing. Yeah. Like these 400 pounders are getting in the ring, and this guy's pants are literally falling off. <laughs> And you have to use tape to tie his pants to his belly so he can actually fight in this boxing contest that nobody wants to watch. This is the rant I was talking about. And then about. you have the main <laughs> event with KSI. He's fighting a nobody in Joe Fournier, and he's knocking him out with an illegal elbow. Like, what are we doing here? This is your misfit boxing? Like, oh, man, I just don't get it. I don't understand the hype behind it. If you like KSI and what he does aside from that on YouTube, fine. I really don't really watch the guy. I don't really know much about him. I know his story is pretty <laughs> remarkable, remarkable, but I, I just can't support him in boxing. And then he faced off with Tommy Fury as if Tommy Fury is all that. I know he has the head-to-head win over Jake Paul, but I, I just could not be disinterested more in what's going on in KSI's life. Next question for Jake Murnigo. That was my little soapbox on <laughs> that. Jonathan and Logan, what made you guys come to WZIP? Um, I just wanted to be like, get experience like... Um, on the air and like oh, sports media because my major is sports management but like I've always been a fan of media broadcasting commentators always watching like talk shows I definitely was uh, influenced from sports power talk like listening to it in my car and like I was like oh that's really exciting I love talking about sports I would love to join WZIP it seemed like a great program and I've, I'm really excited and thrilled to be a part of it and continuing to improve um, and be a part of Sports Power Talk. Yeah, and now look at you. You're killing it on your first ever SPT <laughs> appearance. Appreciate Logan it. Buchanan, why'd you come to WZIP and then go further because you know your history with WZIP is much longer yeah. than a guy like Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Why are you in WZIP um, sports now? Okay, well, uh, so originally the reason I, I even thought about coming to WZIP is because in high school when I was taking college credits with media courses my professor kind of like geared me towards Akron saying there's great programs like WZIP, ZTV, Book Delight, whichever uh, I wanted or all of them if I really wanted to and when I came up here I was just mesmerized honestly by the relationships and the connections between everyone. You know, as a freshman, first semester, new Rue weekend, talking to Chris and just seeing how happy everyone was, how excited everyone was to do what they do, I had to join. Uh, of course, I've been here for two years. I've been behind the scenes for the majority of it, besides uh, SPT, OT, and recently becoming a DJ, and of course, on SPT itself. Uh, the reason I've kind of stepped out of the behind-the-scenes stuff is because I wanted to experience more of this uh, on-air personality, get some of my opinions out there, and really get to talk about what I love. Because that's the best thing. I get oh, to yeah. sit here and yeah. talk about what I love it's with great. two great guys. Great Appreciate great times, it, great vibes on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great responsibility, and it's a great job to have just talking up here on these Sundays. And you mentioned like the camaraderie up here mm-hmm. at WZIP. Like, yeah. That's probably my favorite part. And I know it's something that doesn't really get shown off to other people with WCIP, yeah. but man, like I'm going to have my final show up here in about two weeks' time, and that's probably what I'm going to say is like my favorite part of WCIP is just mm-hmm. the friendships I've made because I was so scared leaving high school, losing my high school friends Absolutely. because everybody yeah. loses high school mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. and then just like having a lackluster college experience, not making many friends, and then post-college grad, I'm like, all right, yeah, I have, like, one friend. That's mm-hmm. great. 
And now I feel like, you know, I just graduated last Saturday and I have so many people up here at WZIP that I consider good friends. Still a few from high school that I Mm -hmm. hang out with and enjoy spending time with. And and I really could be happier with how this has really turned out. A little bit of a sentimental question there from Jake Bernigo. We appreciate that as always. Next question, Kelly Craig. Is it too early to consider to consider a new relief pitcher with Class A's struggles at the start of the season? Logan, you're shaking your head no. Honestly, it's never too early to look at your options and try some new things out. I never think yeah, it's too early. I, I honestly, as a coaching, pitching staff, whatever, you should always be looking at new options and throwing these kids in. Because honestly, that's my opinion on sports is throw them in. See how they do. Because the only way you're truly going to learn is playing those games, being on that pitcher's mound, throwing that pitch in those game, like... Getting those reps. Yes, just getting the practice in. Because you can get practice in at practice, but it's different than actually being in the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think it's never too early to look at more options. I do believe in Emmanuel Costley. I think he will turn around. Still a little early in the season, I believe. I think he will turn around. I mean, he's electric. He's great to watch. He's got that energy. And I do believe he should remain the closer for the Cleveland Guardians. But I also understand giving guys new opportunities, putting guys out there, and trying to give other guys an opportunity to save a game for the Guardians. See, I agree with everything that you guys said, especially Logan about you know getting guys reps and getting in there and getting time in game. But I do think it's too early to be concerned. I it's not too early to be concerned about Emmanuel Classe. It's too early to look for other options mm-hmm. for yeah. a Cleveland closer. Yeah. Classe, I I'm shocked by the velocity numbers because he's so young and surprisingly so. By the way, his velocity numbers are what makes him unique. Yeah, And this season, the velocity really isn't there. And then sometimes the command isn't there when the velocity is. He has all these pieces right now that I just think he ha- he needs to put it together like he did last season when he was an all-star. Mm-hmm. But even like Friday night when he blew the save, his fourth of the season against the Angels, Tito postgame said that was the best outing Class A has had all year. It's just wow. the Angels have such a good lineup that that's what happens when you play a good lineup. You tip your cap to the other team, and they won that game one mm-hmm. of 162, right? So mm-hmm. I don't think it's – you take a step back, still trust Emmanuel Classe moving forward as your closer. Last question for this hot mic. We go to Alex Henry. He says, Jonathan – he also spelled your name wrong, I believe, <laughs> as Alex Sorry, Henry. Sorry, I've had a lot before. So. <laughs> he has J-O-H-N. Then Nathan, is, that's wrong, right? Yeah, no, it's yeah. J-O-N. Yep, no H. Yep. Classic Alex, classic <laughs> Alex. What are, your, what are your favorite sports teams for the big three, football, baseball, basketball? Uh, I'm all in on Cleveland. Love Guardians, you. Cavs, Browns, all day. Love to hear it, yeah. love to hear it. Logan, who do you think will, not should, win the new WWE World Heavyweight Championship belts? Well, my answer is the same for both. Uh, He will be winning this, and he should be winning this. It is Seth Rollins, the greatest member of the Shield and future World Heavyweight Champion. As a Twitter WWE follower, I guess, I agree with you, Logan. I think (laughs) Seth Rollins is a good pick. Then he says, Jake, what did you think about Matt Brown's win yesterday? Thank you, Alex, for the tag here. Thank you 
for this question because I was going to talk about it with the Rosenstrike and Almeida question, but I get it here. Matt Brown at 42 years old representing the best state in the United States, OHIO from Columbus with Immortal Martial Arts goes in there and knocks out his opponent, Court McGee, and he ties the UFC knockout record. And he tied Derek Lewis, who is a UFC heavyweight, who is known for his power, who is known for getting knockouts in the cage. What an impressive performance from Matt Brown. I couldn't be happier for me. Cash some bets for me for me uh, yesterday <laughs> afternoon. Matt Brown, you love to see a legend of the game at that age do what he does best, which is get guys out of the cage early and often in his UFC fights. We went a little bit long there with Hot Mike, but that's okay. When we come back from break, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we're saving the best for last. We're going to talk about baseball. Next segment, MLB Player of the Week. The Guardians' recent struggles, even though they're winning right now against the LA Angels. And I want to ask you guys if you know what the birdbath is. All that and more coming up next on 88.1 WZIP. again everyone and welcome back to the best sports talk show this side of lake erie this is sports power talk live from the university of akron my name is jake Murn, the host of your show today and for the final time of this sports power talk i'm joined by jonathan arsh so hi to be here everybody hope everybody has a great day i'm uh, really excited to be here and Mr. Logan Buchanan. Hello, hello. Let's get into some baseball. Let's get into oh, yeah. some baseball Let's music go. to my ears. <laughs> Saving the best for last, we're going to get right in to the MLB. And we're going to start with a segment we do every single week where each of us picks one MLB player to feature for MLB Player of the Week, regardless of position and could be for accomplishments on or off the field MLB player of the week. It's your guys' first time being a part of this, obviously. First SBT show. Killing it, by the way. Jonathan, I'll go to you first. MLB player of the week. So I got a really under-the-radar player for the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's Dominic Fletcher. And it's mostly what he's done against uh, the San Francisco Giants in this series, in this uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. He has... He has 11 RBIs in just this series, two home runs, and eight hits just in this series. It's unbelievable what he's done in this series. And even against the Marlins, he had a, he also had a hit as well in that game. And he's only struck out tw- two times this whole week. I mean, he's absolutely carried the Arizona Diamondbacks in this series against the San Francisco Giants. He scored both their runs on a Thursday night. He scored four of their seven runs on Friday night, and Saturday night he scored five of their seven runs. And I just think that's unbelievable, and I got to give him some praise as under uh, the radar player. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. A name that I was not aware of, and really digging deep for MLB Player of the Week. Logan, who are you going with? Uh, Yeah, my MLB Player of the Week is Brent Rooker of the Oakland Athletics because of his game against the Texas Rangers, where early on he hit a nice bottom of the first uh, double, got on base, true shining moment, was, however, his final hit in the game where he had a home run to bring himself and two teammates home for the win 
ending up with, I believe it was uh, seven to nine was the final score. Phenomenal ender, and he's also just been a really good role player. I, I won't even say role player; he's been a really good player for the Athletics this year. Yeah, he really has been, and yeah, a star sure. in the outfield for the Athletics, mm-hmm. and really a under the radar player who could mm-hmm. easily be an All Star this year mm-hmm. with the way he's playing. So my MLB player of the week, okay? I had two options coming up to the studio. I'll I'll still shout them out. Cedric Mullins from the Orioles. He hit for the cycle on Friday. Great performance of franchise's 12th cycle. Kenley Jansen from the Red Sox. Seventh pitcher in MLB history to have 400 career saves on Wednesday. They both deserve some praise, okay? I'll give them that. But they're not my MLB player of the week, okay? Because when my favorite player (laughs) in Major League Baseball... Gives me a reason to pick him for MLB Player of the Week. I'm gonna pick that player. And how many reasons has he and given? And that you? player is uh, Joshua oh. Douglas James <laughs> Naylor. Woo. He is my MLB oh, Player of the Week. Friday night, go ahead. Home run in, in the eighth inning. Unfortunately, we didn't go on and win that game, but still put the Guardians. You know, in the position to mm-hmm. win that game on Friday. Last night, a go-ahead three-run oh, yeah. home run <laughs> in the eighth <laughs> inning. And by the way, the pitcher he hit that home run off of this morning, that guy was sent down to AAA. Oh, and, oh, and who was the guy to wow. first score today during this Guardians game? Well, right that now? would be Joshua Douglas oh, James Naylor. Oh, <laughs> the first Incredible. hit for the Guardians today was a Josh Naylor single. Andre Semenez also got a single. Then the throwing error on the Will Brennan ground out got Josh Naylor in. Guardians currently lead 1-0 in the top of the sixth against the Angels. Tanner Bybee have a day, but the MLB player of the week is Joshua Douglas James Naylor. Have his middle name memorized in your head, Guardians fans, because he is your MLB player of the week. He's the most clutch player in all of baseball. He goes into a zone that other players just simply can't reach. You look into those eyes and He's you see it. He's that guy. Oh, he yeah. did it last exactly. year in that epic performance against the White Sox. Mm-hmm. That was this of this season. He just has those times. And that Friday night homer, that was against the lefty, too. He's... I'm the biggest Joshua Douglas James Naylor fan <laughs> in the world. I'm probably more of a fan of Josh Naylor than his own mom on Mother's Day. <laughs> Well, he's not good against oh, lefties, man. and he hits a go-ahead home run in the eighth oh. inning on Friday against the lefty, and then does it so yesterday. Hard. Oh, how can how, how can you <laughs> not love baseball? Naylor. I just love baseball. Oh, I yeah. just, just love this sport. It's yeah. so great. It's so great. Josh oh, yeah. Naylor. I need to. <laughs> I need to pipe down a little bit. <laughs> Josh Naylor is my player of the week. Just but I mentioned nice. Cedric Mullins, and I want to bring in the Orioles into conversation here because mm-hmm. I mentioned the bird bath, and both of you guys are unaware of what the bird bath is. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if our listeners are aware. Jake Mernigote, I'm sure you're aware of what this is because you're an Orioles fan. The birdbath. So the birdbath section at the Orioles stadium, okay? So a little bit of context, okay? Whenever the Orioles were to hit an extra base hit, the players in their dugout would do the sprinkler. Mm -hmm. So they put water in their mouths. They spray it out like a sprinkler, okay? Uh, Now the Orioles have a dedicated section in their stadium, $20 tickets, by the way, called the birdbath. Now, (laughs) whenever an Oriole player gets an extra base hit, those fans in the birdbath get sprayed with water 
from sprinklers. <laughs> and wow. it's this big thing. Like, upon entrance, you get a water-sealed bag to put your belongings in, like your electronics uh-huh. and things like that. But you go there for a $20 ticket. You sit in the bird bath, <laughs> and you get sprayed with water when the Orioles hit it next to base hit. Would you guys do it? Would you sit there? No, no, no. <laughs> Who sits? I'm sorry, but baseball is the only sport they where sold you sold it out in the first two games, the first series. Uh, baseball is the only sport where you do not know how long you're going to be sitting there. You can be sitting there <laughs> yeah, for true. so long. <laughs> I am not going to. Could you imagine if there's only one the entire game and it's in the first inning and you're just sitting there soaking wet for the rest of the nine? Yeah, no. that is true. No, yeah. I would never do that. <laughs> Yeah, I would honestly do it. Like it, it's a thrilling, it'd be a thrilling experience. I love it, Jonathan. I love it. it. It's a thrilling experience. The hype's there, and like baseball games sometimes can get a little boring, and you never know what you're gonna get. So like when you're there, it's like a thrilling experience, and like you go there for the atmosphere, the baseball atmosphere. I think that's above and beyond by the would, Baltimore Orioles <laughs> do it. And I just, those are the dedicated fans right there, and I love it. I would hate to be eating my hot dog all of a sudden, <laughs> sprinkler in my face, there's a soggy dog. Like, what am I You just gotta pay attention to the game. <laughs> what if I lay before they really do joke. it? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody said you have to eat the dog in the in the <laughs> you bird eat, bath. You're in. A, you're you don't in have the, to eat the dog in the you bird gotta bath. Eat a base, you gotta eat a dog. Yeah, yeah, you always gotta eat a dog while you're at a ballpark. But you don't have to eat the dog at the when bird bath. When you're a big boy like me, you have multiple dogs. You can't be missing the game. <laughs> you gotta eat multiple. <laughs> you're a big boy like me. You have multiple dogs. Oh goodness, guys! I w- I would do it. By the way, bird no bath, give chance. it to me. Awesome. Like so, when I go to Cedar Point, or not? I guess not Cedar Point, but like. Anywhere, yeah, Cedar Point, like the water rides at Cedar Point, I avoid those. I don't like to get wet oh, when I'm at like an amusement park or like a ballpark mm-hmm. or anything like that. I don't enjoy just getting soaked in my clothes, right? But this experience with the Orioles and what they have going on, plus like they're playing good baseball. Oh, yeah. They're playing good baseball right now to start 2023. Give it to me. Like at least once, you got to experience it. For a $20 <laughs> ticket, sit in the birdbath. With a bunch of other lunatics like you just getting wet every single extra base hit. Sounds like a fun time. Exactly, Jonathan. Jonathan gets it. Jonathan gets it. Logan, come on. I don't want to be soaked in a baseball game. I'm sorry. Like In the summer, the sun, you know, dries you up. Especially. All right, we'll leave the bird bath there. Let's talk about some other notable things here so far in the 2023 MLB season. And surprisingly enough, the Rays are the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. The Pirates, they've kind of fell off the cliff a little bit, but they were one of the better teams in baseball. So the question is, are the Rays or the Pirates actually legit this season? Yes. Yes, 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 oh, yes. Wow. Because, to me, baseball is a statistician's game. And when you look at the statistics, they do not lie. If you look at the Rays, they they're batting, their OBP, their actual like win loss all proves that they are the team to beat pirates they are also playing their hearts out no knock to them at all but if you told me last year that the rays and the pirates would be tops of their divisions probably wouldn't have believed you honestly probably wouldn't have believed you yeah they're playing their hearts yeah, out i wouldn't either like i can admit when i'm wrong because I had the Rays finishing last in the mm-hmm. AL East before the season started. Oh, wow. We were on this show on mm-hmm. Sunday on SBT. We predicted every single division and the order of the division. I had the Rays last. 
And I, mm. I'm okay with admitting when I'm wrong. The, the Rays are very legit. They're 30-11. and 11. That's the best record in baseball. The injury to Drew Rasmussen definitely hurts, but Shane McClanahan, aside from yesterday's start against the Yankees, he's looking like a Cy Young winner mm-hmm. right now. Their eight-hole hitter, Josh Lowe, he's hitting three twenty-one. Yep. That's their uh, eight-hole awesome. hitter. That's great. They lead the league in batting average, home that's runs, RBIs, saying. runs, ERA. Look like, at the stats. They do not the Rays, Yeah, The Rays are very, very legit, but the Pirates, the Pirates are very fraudulent. Yeah. They are not legit. The Pirates... They're frauds, and it is starting to show. They're 21-19, and 19, and they're now second in their own division in the NL Central. They're 1-9 in their last 10 games. Ooh. That early season success is wearing off. The Pirates are not legit. But here's the thing. With baseball, you never know. This could that just be a rough yeah. spot. How many games are there? That's we're the beauty. still, we're that's still early. Yeah, that's 62. the beauty of playing 162. Could just be a rough patch. Yeah, could be. Yo, honestly, the Tampa Bay Rays, I, I definitely think they're legit. I think, I honestly uh, compare them to uh, the Miami Heat. Like, I think they got similarities. I think, because the Tampa Bay Rays, they're like a consistent playoff team. They got great young talent, a great manager. Like, they've built a great culture there. And... I mean, yeah, they're off to an amazing start as well. Love to see them um, being a top day at least over the Yankees. Um, the top three pitchers in their rotation all have an ERA of less than three as well. So that's, I think that's really great for them. They got great starting pitching, great young talent. And for the Pirates, I mean, they're just a young team. And other than um, Mitch uh, Keller, their starting pitching has not been great. And... I'd like guys like Andrew McCutcheon, Carlos Santana, Brian Reynolds. I all like those uh, guys. Like love I'm all, Carlos. Yeah, I'm all big a fan of those guys, especially Carlos yeah, Santana, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's I'm some, a Cleveland fan. Something about them Florida teams, man. They're killing it this year. Oh, yeah, man. It's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, for the Pirates, I mean, the no one on their team's batting over 300. Uh, I, I just don't see the the star power in this Pirates lineup and the pitching. I don't think has been great, and I think it needs to be improve if they want to have a chance to win their division. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there, Jonathan. Logan, let the listeners behind the scenes. What just <laughs> happened while Jonathan was talking there? Well, the amazing, the phenomenal, the fantastic Mr. Chris Kepler just tweeted at us and agreed with me that you should not be getting wet at a baseball game. You guys are lunatics. Oh, you guys are crazy. Man, there's no fun in that. Though. Thank you, Mr. Oh. Kepler, for agreeing with me and showing <laughs> that we have sanity up here at WCIP. <laughs> I wonder how like the actual Orioles fan feels about this. Jake Mernigo tweeted us right now. Would you sit in the sprinkler section to your own team's home games? Like... I think it's kind of fun. I think it's yeah. a fun promotion. Yeah, I don't want you doing. to turn Jake Murray to goat on me. He doesn't need another Logan to hate right now. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's, a very, that's a very, very good point. What's your guys' biggest surprise of the 2023 season so far? Uh, I got to go with the Baltimore Orioles, honestly. I mean, I think they've been great. I mean, they're twenty or 26 and 13 right now. They have great young talent. Starting lineup has stayed healthy, and that's really important in baseball. Starting pitching has been pretty good as well, honestly. I mean, but yeah, I just look at this roster and their starting lineup, and they got such great guys. I mean, it's it's awesome to see uh, them perform well. It's going to be really hard for them to contend with the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, the Orioles have been a great surprise, and maybe that birdbath, selling out that birdbath has really helped them. 
have a great start to their season. <laughs> By the way, Jake Mernigo tweeted <laughs> oh, us live. <laughs> says, I would sit in the birdbath in a heartbeat. No doubt about it. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> What's your biggest surprise of the season so far, uh, Logan? Well, originally going into this, I was going to say Rays uh, being where they are. But honestly, what surprises me more is the Yankees in last place. They went from clinching the division to being bottom. I mean, if that isn't astounding in itself, it just brings more merit to the Rays being legit. Like, they're, yeah. they're topping teams like the Yankees and pushing them to the bottom. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy to see. Yeah, so my biggest surprise of the 2023 season so far kind of goes with what you're saying, Logan. It kind of goes with, like, those bottom teams. I'm surprised by the the Cardinals. Mm. The Cardinals are 15-25, and last in the NL Central, worst record in the National League. I don't understand how a lineup with Wilson Contreras, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado, and reigning NL MVP Paul Goldschmidt is producing a 14-25 and record. I mean, the starting pitching is letting them down big time. They're 22nd in league ERA. But I thought the Cardinals were one of the best teams in the Mm -hmm. National League. Mm -hmm. And so far, not even a quarter into the season, it is very early. They're literally one of the worst teams in baseball. They are the worst team by record in the National League. It's crazy stuff. A little quick update for you on... The Guardians game, top of the seventh, still 1-0. Tanner wow. Bybee, have yourself a game, young man. <laughs> Six innings pitched, five strikeouts. Of course, nice, zero nice. earned runs. Let me check if he has any walks. Has he had any runners on the base pass? No. Zero walks, five strikeouts, one hit. What one hit. Game. So he has allowed one hit, but hey, man, Tanner Bybee. That's- yeah, that's great. We'll take uh, that all. Yeah, especially after the last couple games. That's Yeah, and that's we really what we're that. looking for. And these young guys, especially against this Angels lineup, mm-hmm. like Logan mm-hmm. Allen on Friday night, having to go through that really bad inning, actually, against Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. He, of course, struck out Shohei Otani mm-hmm. in that game. Like These are the experiences that these young pitchers really, exactly. really have to learn from and, and move on from and, and get better from it as well, especially this early on into their young MLB careers. All right, that is going to do it. For the May 14th edition of Sports Power Talk, we talked about the NFL schedule release, NBA playoffs, the Cleveland Guardians, and so much more. Any last thoughts on today's show, gentlemen? I just want the Guardians to get on base. Just get on base and <laughs> score some runs. Yeah. That's really that's how we that's how we fix our little rut that we've been in for a little bit. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, honestly, go Guardians all day. Mm. Go Browns. Go Cavs. All in on Cleveland. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. I appreciate you. Love you. Can't wait to see you now uh, today. And really excited and thrilled to be here for my first uh, Sports Power Talk and looking forward to doing uh, shows in the future. And never allow Jason Tatum near a finals. <laughs> no. <laughs> Final thought I want. Yeah, guys, mark the day. 5-14-23. Both of you guys' first appearance on SBT. You guys killed it. Proud of you both. And once again, like Jonathan said, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Celebrate the day with the special ones in your lives. I'm continuing to have fun with these last few sport pow- sports power talks that I have left. Two more, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a fun ride, especially with that last show. Until then, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at WZIP Sports and download all our podcasts from SBT Rewind and SBT Overtime wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me on today's show, we're... Jonathan Harsh 
Logan Buchanan. My name is Jake Murren. Thanks for tuning into this edition of Sports Power Talk. Be kind to one another, Akron. Happy Mother's Day again. And SBT will be will be back same time and place next week on 881 WZIP.